Welcome to the Bovada at Odds podcast. This is where you get all the latest odds from BovadaSportsbook.com. The head odds maker is Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett, and we are here as championship week in the NFL has come and gone. And now we have the, the calm, you know, before the, the storm. Uh, obviously, the Pro Bowl is this weekend, but I, again, if, if you're betting on that, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what did you make of championship weekend? Ah, Seth, you know what? It was, once again, really, really great games, really exciting finishes. Uh, You know, some of those came to be because of, uh, you know, some kind of questionable play calling uh, in both games, questionable strategies, especially in the second half. Um, You know, but but that's that's part of what makes the NFL so exciting sometimes is, you know, the fact that we can, you know, be, you know, pulling at our hair and going, why are you doing that while reacting to this stuff? Uh, You know, we all get to be that Monday morning quarterback those 15 to 30 seconds in between each play and question and question. And the NFL is great for that, but ah, uh, man, it, you know, let, let's start with Bengals chiefs. Uh, Mahomes in the first half looked like an absolute world beater as best as he had looked all year. You know, it, both his playoff games this year, Seth, his ankle looked much better. He was mobile. He was hitting his receivers in stride. The chiefs really looked unstoppable until they mismanaged the clock in the remaining seconds of the first half there. Um, the kind of thing that you really only see uh, with the Madden CPU that doesn't realize how much time is left on the clock. Don't run a play in bounds when you don't have timeouts. Get that field goal up. You know, going up 14 points at the half instead of 11, uh, you know, it wouldn't have made a world of difference, but it would have made a difference. It would have had the Chiefs feeling a little bit better. I don't buy into momentum too much as a meaningful metric, but the Bengals had to be feeling pretty good about themselves going into halftime with that stop. And uh, <laughs> pardon me, Rams 49ers lived up to the billing. Rams finally, finally beat Shanahan um, after I think they had lost four or five in a row against them. But another team that got in their own way, Seth, uh, and I, I can't help but think of that pivotal fourth and two on the Rams 41, 42 yard line. Uh, Rams even call a timeout to give the 49ers time to call a play that can seal the game. Uh, I know I'm always big on being aggressive in those spots, but I really thought the 49ers punted uh, the game away in that spot. Uh, But a a great weekend, great back and forth. Uh, If you liked the Bengals at any point in that game, you could have got them as high as 15 to one at Bavada in play. And we did have a a couple dozen players that did get some of those juicy odds. So, you know, again, it was great back and forth games, great opportunities uh, for underdog comebacks in game. Uh, It had a bit of it all. The the other question, you know, that I guess that gets asked is, you know, all the speculation that we talked about last week with regard to the way, you know, Aaron Rodgers career is going to go. Tom Brady announced his retirement, then he didn't announce it, then he did announce it you know, the whole thing uh, this week with, with Brady, but you know, what happens then is the speculation about Rogers takes center stage. I would imagine now there are many more odds uh, on Aaron Rodgers's future than there was when we had that conversation last week. Absolutely. Seth and uh, Brady exiting stage left uh, really does open the door. And it, it's the first domino of what's going to be a really intriguing off season in the NFL. And I think that it certainly starts with where's Aaron Rodgers going to be and uh, right out of the gate, probably not green Bay. Uh, and now that Tom Brady is officially retired, you know, we weren't sure if he was just announcing or, you know, he was teasing it out, waiting for a signing bonus, but it's, it's, I think it's officially done now. I think we can say it's officially done. But uh, 
really looking at our odds and what just makes sense, what's available, where teams need to fill out this spot. Uh, I don't know if there's a team or location that makes more sense than Tampa. Uh, Tampa and the state of Florida itself certainly seems to align with how uh, Rogers feels about COVID and COVID policies. And hey, they just seem to be missing a number one QB right now. So we actually have the Bucks as ever so slight favorites at Bavada to be the next landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the other teams uh, currently uh, available for wagering. Uh, he could stay with Green Bay, of course. We have that as a slight underdog. And then a little bit more out there, uh, you have teams like Denver, teams like New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans uh, looked like they had something with Jameis Winston uh, early in the season, but of course he had some health issues that limited his ability to produce. And uh, even if you like Jameis Winston, Everybody likes Aaron Rodgers, at least for his performance on the field. So, uh, you know, you'd be looking at a massive upgrade in New Orleans. I think Denver is a really good fit because they're kind of in between whether certainly it's not going to be Drew Locke, uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater's the guy out there, but uh, certainly a lot of options. I just I don't see him going back to Green Bay at this point. Uh, I think Tampa makes the most sense. Well, the interesting part now, you know, the offensive coordinator from the Packers is now the head coach of the Broncos. So that's right. Connection. You know, again, I just think that this is something that you could place bets on this, you know, forget trying to read his mind. It's it's possible that you could place bets on something like that. Uh, do we dare break down the Pro Bowl? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, listen, like you said, Seth, uh, it is available for wagering. Uh, it is on the website, but I mean, come on. We, we've already got 200 different Super Bowl props out there. Stuff that is, uh, listen, I'd say betting on the halftime show is less degenerate than betting on the Pro Bowl. Unless you've found that edge, unless you've figured out what these teams are going to be doing. And we've seen that in recent years, you know, when they switched, uh, you know, that one year when the league really uh, caught some grief because the defenders weren't trying at all. The next year, the total just plummeted because the players were forced to actually try a little bit. Uh, But it's, you know, it's it's a it's a joke of a game. The limits are going to be low. There will be betting. There will be lower limits. There will be live betting uh, for this game at Bavada. But uh, that, that's really all I can say about a game like the Pro Bowl. It, it's there. It's available. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you who's playing right now, who's starting on either side of the ball. Uh, but hey, listen, that said, we are Bavada. We are an online sports book. We will have those odds. Well, if you're and if you're if you're looking for something that you don't want to bet the Pro Bowl, there's always the NHL All-Star game. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. That you have to be, you you have, again, I, I I, like, I like the skills competition stuff because we do odds for that as well at Pavada for the, and I, I I enjoy handicapping that stuff more so than I do uh, the game itself. Uh, But uh, Hey, you know, I, I I don't listen. Maybe if, uh, maybe if they bought, brought back the, the punt pass and kink competition (laughs) and added this to the all-star festivities for NFL, eh, maybe we could do a little bit more with it, but as it currently stands, it's, it's a pretty boring, uninspired game, the NFL pro bowl. All right. uh, Next week, we're going to go deep into the props. That's kind of what our tradition now that we've done this podcast for over a year now. Um, we'll get into all the, the, the props, the, 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 anthem, the, the halftime and all, all of that stuff. Um, what about the game? What about the early odds on the game? Granted, this podcast is coming out 10 days before. Right. So what we've seen so far, Seth, uh, the LA Rams, uh, opened and we had this line up, uh, within minutes of the final whistle. 
Sunday, and the Rams are four point favorites uh, to st- for this up, up for the Super Bowl. They are four point favorites for the Super. I was gonna say the upcoming Super Bowl. That's pretty redundant. They are four point favorites, and that line has not moved yet. Where we have seen some movement so far, Seth, is that we opened the over under at fifty at Bavada. And it has now trickled down to 48 and a half. So a little bit more money early on coming in on the under. Uh, I don't expect that to be the case uh, leading into the big game itself, because uh, m- much like most primetime games, most nationally televised game, games like this that are getting so much attention, uh, a good majority of that will be coming in as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, the limits will be increased as we get closer to kickoff as well and know a little bit more about what our uh, players are doing, what the actual players in the field are doing, and essentially just when we have even more information and uh, also when we feel a little bit more settled with all the props that we're going to be offering alongside it. So uh, to recap, as it currently stands, uh, pretty split on the uh, spread of uh, minus four right now. Again, Rams are early favorites uh, and a little bit of a trickle down in that over-under as betters are favoring the under in the Super Bowl so far. Then there's this other massive sporting event that I've never seen not really be on my mind at all. And I'm somebody who has worked two Olympics. Uh, I, I love the Olympics. I love what the Olympics represent. This Olympics just feels wrong. It should not be in China. Um, COVID there is still a mess. You know, the restrictions, there's no fans. It's, but, but my bigger issue is it's in the middle of the night. Um, and I, I just, there's nothing compelling uh, about these these winter games. I think the NHL did the right thing, not having their, their players, or I guess the NHL players did it. The, the NHL would have done whatever they want. Um, what's your thought on the Olympics and what is early odds making like for these Olympic games? Yeah, a bit, a bit of a weird one, Seth, because this is this has really been tricky to try and figure out how to devote resources to it at Pavada because there was also a time... Um, really right up until recently as well, where we were wondering, are these games even going to happen? There's a lot of, you know, geopolitical tensions around China for a variety of reasons right now. And, uh, you know, you listed off, uh, you know, we don't really even particularly think that China should be hosting these games. And one of those points as well is that I think it just came out that uh, the app that they're making all the athletes use has spyware on it that will absolutely yeah. be recording all their conversations, everything they're doing on their phones. Over there. Like that is nuts. That is like, listen, I, I think to a certain degree, like uh, I, I don't know that the apps on all my phones are always being, you know, good actors, but I like to think that uh, in Canada and the United States, there is a little bit more of a separation between what is pretty brazenly happening in China. And that is that you will be monitored. Your All your conversations will be read. Anything you do on your phone while you're in the People's Republic of China will be known by the Chinese government. And you know, on a long list of things that uh, makes me uncomfortable about the games and the time zone difference is a, is a big one too. Uh, it, it's a weird one. It's uh but, but having said that, you know, once the game starts, uh, I think we'll get to the athletic competitions themselves. Uh, whatever the issues are with the, with the country uh, will probably fade into the background somewhat. And we can, uh, you know, get into the games, get into the, the ice hockey, even though the NHL is not going to be there. Uh, the women's uh, tournament is going to be something I'm really looking forward to. The curling is, uh, you know, something that's actually gotten a nice uptick since the last Winter Olympics in terms of betting at Bavada. Um, and, and listen for the discerning sports better out there, there are going to be a lot of opportunities 
to catch us with our pants down on some of these smaller sports. Although I got to say, I was just doing a run through of some of our liabilities right now. And uh, our biggest liability right now is in men's bobsled. And I'll let you guess, Seth, what country do you think it is? Men's bobsled? Yeah. Can you pick the country? This, this country, men's bobsled, has our highest Olympic liability right now. Uh, Canada? Jamaica! The Jamaican bobsled team is going off at 1,000 to 1 <laughs> to win the gold medal. And uh, I don't know if there's some cool running fans out there. And if you're not a cool running fan, you should absolutely go out and race out and watch that movie. But I got a good chuckle seeing that. So our biggest liability right now at the Olympics is if the Jamaican bobsled team wins the the men's gold medal. And I got a good kick out of that. (laughs) Well, well, you know, if cool runnings taught us anything. (laughs) Got got to dream big man. All right, I think that's enough for sports with friends. You mentioned Bavada enough. Okay, sure. let's just pick this up. I don't know. I think from a television standpoint, it's going to be really, really hard. Um, I, 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 I just, I'm against the the Olympics being in in this age of streaming, being 12 hours away from the north from North America, and that's not because I'm an isolationist. That's not the point. If you want to put the games in Europe, I can deal with that. The problem that I find with all of this is, you know, in this day and age of social media and streaming services, if you subscribe in the United States to Peacock, you'll know everything live. So at 4 a.m., if a big event's happening, they are not airing a big event for 12, 13, 14 hours. That's too much tape delay in a time where I can find the results to everything easy. Right. That's the the flaw in this whole thing. You want to take the China and the human rights? Absolutely. Everything you said is accurate. You want to talk about COVID? Everything you said is accurate. The spyware, all everything you're saying is accurate. It's all correct. The problem is, is that these Olympics, the IOC got top dollar from North American broadcast outlets and they are not getting the return on their investment. And I know that you had to bid for this. So in order to get Paris and the, mm-hmm. uh, the LA games, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's upcoming Olympics that they want and they had to do this, but this is the sacrificial lamb. And so then you throw in China, human rights, COVID, all of it. I don't want this Olympics to happen. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, this, my gosh, I'm running out of fingers to count the reasons uh, why this isn't a good idea. Uh, I, I do have to echo, uh, you know, one thing about the time zone and uh, that just it really hit home when I was uh, spending a month in England. And I thought England slash Europe, it really is a perfect in between to be what's going on in North America. You're not too far removed. What's happening in Asia and the sports that take place out there or Australia. You're not too far removed. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and Europe just kind of feels more centrally located as to how the world is kind of divided. You know, you have parts of Europe that touches into what Western culture and civilization is today. And part of that, that extends into Asia a bit. And yeah, the time zone won't work. I mean, and especially in an age of, I don't know if you're like me, Seth, uh, my dad still does this. He will record a game in the fourth quarter and then go watch it the next day. I can't, I, I can't. If once the no. event is over, I really, really struggle to go back to something 12 hours later 
and watch it uh, and pretend like it hasn't happened and try and shut out the world, especially in a Twitter age and a social media age. The last time I tried to do it was three, four years ago because I went to friends, kids' first birthday party. It was Liverpool in the Champions League final in the Ukraine. And I was, uh, it, it was a horrible experience. And then of course I got home, they lost anyways. And I haven't done that since. And uh, I, I, I don't care for that. I, I like to, I think part of the fun of uh, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's the NFL or NBA, and especially in Canada where COVID is still more of a presence and there's more restrictions, is social media allows people to enjoy these events in real time in a communal way that uh, you just don't get if you're watching it 12 hours after the fact. You're kind of weirdly, you know, there's, and there's going to be a subset. So you might find like a small community that is responding and reacting like that, but it's not going to be the world at large. And reacting to an event with the world at large, like so many people will for the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks time, is a lot of fun. It is a great, when there's a big hit, when there's a controversial call, the world is reacting. And I think we're going to lose a bit of that. And the Olympic Games themselves will suffer because we'll all be reacting on delay. All right. So bet on bobsled, I, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I, I can honestly say I don't think I'll tune in. I, I can't imagine uh, doing it. And it's funny because our default, you know, our, our, when we turn on the television, our default is always NBC. Like we watch the today show. Um, but I don't see myself at all watching this, you know, to me, the weekend between the, the, the weekend between the, the championship games and the Super Bowl is a weird one because the NHL shuts down. And I don't think this is a good weekend to do your all-star game. Um, but I understand the all-star game and you, you know, it's a moneymaker and it's a business deal that doesn't appeal to me. You know, mm -hmm. the NHL all-star game doesn't do anything for me. The only thing I have going on this weekend, because, uh, if I, if, unless I miss my guess, the, uh, premier league is not even going on this weekend because of international competitions, um, you know, CONCAF and, uh, in the, in those, those things. So Big win for Canada over us. Oh, and uh, yes, yes, there was. <laughs> but um, it's college basketball. That's that's not enough to hold my attention this weekend. And in the northeast of America, we're having a blizzard, or not not a blizzard, but a snowstorm. So we're stuck at home. That's going to be catch up on movies. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's going to be. Are my kids going to make me watch Encanto again? My wife is very very excited that for the first time in a while, I don't really have anything to do this Sunday. That is, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> this upcoming Sunday. I'm going to have to learn to talk to my wife again. It's, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to, uh, you know, it's good because it's early in the week. We have enough time to flesh out some topics and make sure that we uh, get through any, you know, awkward pauses in conversation. But uh, yeah, a Sunday that I'll not really be watching that much sports. Kind of spooky. <laughs> it's something. There's always something. <laughs> Maybe that uh, maybe I'll watch finally watch that F1 show on uh, Netflix that everyone seems to love. Oh, a sports documentary. No, I, I, I think this is going to be I'm going to I'm going to binge uh, the final few episodes of Ozark. Uh, I'm going to see uh, Book of Boba Fett, you know, those, those kinds of things. That's going to be uh, what I what I take a look at. I, I'm I, glad you, know. you referenced Ozark because I forgot that it was back on streaming. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that first I, I want to say I've seen the first three and there's okay. seven. Yeah, so good. So good so far. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. But okay. You know, what, yeah. you know why it's taking me a long time to, to watch it? It, 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 you'll, you'll laugh, but it's, 
you have to watch it. You can't just have it on in the background while you're doing work. Yes. And I need shows that are on two tiers. There are the great shows, but I need shows that are just kind of like on in the background. Yeah, I'm with that, you. That's a big difference. Yeah, the, the ones that you actually need to give your undivided attention to to really process how good it is, but also, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, but also, yeah, I, I have my shows that I lean on as background noise a little bit more than anything else. And uh, yeah, uh, Ozark, you, the devil really is in the details. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you reminded me because I can't wait to get back into it. <laughs> Oh, can I can I be a a a a wrong American? You'll Ooh. laugh at this. <laughs> so you know I'm a big supporter of Formula E, right? Not Formula One. It's done by the FIA, the same group that does Formula One. It's all electric cars, and this yes. is season eight. Okay, uh, I have covered seasons five, six, and seven, and now I'm gonna cover eight. Uh, you know, and I follow it closely. In America, last year, CBS bought the rights to, to Formula E, but they've been airing a world feed. It's an English-speaking world feed that goes to about 35 countries. Okay. And uh, Jack Nichols, uh, Dario Franchitti do it. They've both been guests on Sports with Friends. Like, they, It's a great broadcast, but they're based out of England. CBS in America decided they wanted Americans to do it. So they mute those guys and they put these two clowns on there and they don't understand any of the nuances of the sport. I know more about Formula E than these guys. And I, I'm sorry, but if that's what you're trying to appeal, that's what turns me off about auto racing. The thing so that I, I loved about it was them. I loved yeah. the, the international aspect of the broadcast. Luca Degrassi, Sam Bird, uh, uh, Coney... Antonio Felix da Costa. I know all these dudes. I don't yeah. want to hear two Americans butchering their names. No. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, listen, I'm with you. Uh, that's uh, that doesn't make you a bad American. That makes you someone that just wants to, uh, you know, enjoy the sport with people that know what they're talking about. You want people that are enhancing the experience. Uh, you know, I, I think of when, uh, you know, MLS uh, started to take off in Canada a little bit. You know, Toronto got a team. Montreal's in there now. And they start bringing these broadcasters and they're trying to call these games like they're hockey games, yeah. uh, you know, and then in, in the early days, uh, even the stadiums, they'd play like the goal horn that you hear in hockey when a goal is scored in soccer. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here, folks. So uh, hopefully if it's early days for these Formula E uh, American uh, broadcasters, they will, you know, maybe better ease into their role and uh give the public uh, you know, a better kind of breakdown of what they're seeing. Or you know what, Seth, perhaps you will need to be the change you want to see in the world, and that will be your next career arc. I want to see you calling Formula E in 2023. Well, I got to take this out of the podcast, but I'm talking to them on Thursday. Because <laughs> if they're going to have these two yakums, then <laughs> if they want American, then send me to the races and I'll interview the drivers after. There you go. They don't get any interviews because they do the world feed. Right. You wanted that? Hey, okay, I'll go. And, I'll go. And you like it, and you're passionate about it, and you you know the competitors, you know the sport. I mean, that's what people want. Not the someone battery to just give management. Them. The battery management is just as important as the driving. Sure. The driving is not the most important thing. Right, and you can, and, and exactly, and for so for someone like me who's I I. I, I 
no background knowledge of Formula E whatsoever. But if I'm going to get into it, I want to learn about it. I want to help. And I think that's really important when a sport is still like, listen, I know it's been around since it says 2014 right here. But if the average person hasn't onboarded it yet, and I don't think the average person has, then part of the presentation of that product has to be, you know, that gradual education of people who are coming along for the ride. And yeah, I, I, I just, we just, we don't just want generic reactions. The sports fan wants to feel like they know what they're watching and has a grasp, even if they're not always right. And, you know, we see that, uh, you know, with more traditional sports, baseball, football, whatever, the average fan at least thinks they know what they're seeing, thinks they know what they should be going on. But with formula E, uh, a lot of newbies will be lost and I would be one of those. So yeah, you heard it, folks. Seth Everett, 2023 Formula E Broadcasting. Get me on the Formula E team. I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to uh, Monaco. Can you imagine oh. me spending a weekend in Monaco? You kidding uh, me? I love Monaco. I went there once uh, on my honeymoon with my wife, and uh, we went to the Monte Carlo Casino there, which you have to go in with a dress code. And uh, I... Here, here's a bunch of euros, sweetheart. You know, go, go play some of the fun table games. Let's do our big James Bond moment. She puts 20 euros in the slot machine, pulls it once, wins 10 euros. She's like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, all right, great. I'm glad we got all dressed up just for that. I, on the other hand, went and played blackjack. And, uh, you know, I, I lasted for about 25, 30 minutes. You know, I had some Americans watching me. They were mildly interested. And then I, you know, did the nice little tip the dealer at the end, absolutely pretending like someone of my stature belonged in Monaco, at least for a minute, at least for a hot minute. So uh, I had a really good time there. Oh my gosh, though. That is a place where you can spend... 12 euros on a bottle of water though didn't miss that <laughs> that'll do it for the bavada head odds podcast we're shaking not stirred we'll see you next week say hi to your wife because you won't see your super bowl sunday mm-hmm.